Guys, I've seriously done this intro so many times. I've been working since 7 a.m. this morning. I woke up at 5.30. It's like almost 8 o'clock at night right now. My brain is shot. I'm just gone. So this is what we're dealing with. co-host of Hoover Girls podcast so welcome to our show if you're new here. This week's episode is going to be a little different. Um, we're going to be talking about a couple of different things. The episode as I'm sure you guys know because you clicked on it is you're not the same as you used to be and here's why. It seems like a really weird episode topic right? It's like okay like how do you know I'm not the same as I used to be? Maybe I am. You don't know me personally. Yada yada yada. Um, but I just, I wanted to talk about a couple of things and I felt like that was a good title for it. So the first thing I want to talk about is how to stop comparing yourself to past versions of yourself. And then we're going to kind of dive into um, how to break the pattern of dwelling on past mistakes. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, um, I guess, like self-love and toxic positivity, which I recently was introduced to what toxic positivity is. Obviously, um, this whole entire podcast is based on the pursuit of everyday happiness, obviously, Huga, the Danish art of everyday happiness. And so I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about the happy aspects of life or how you can be happy or how you can be successful or how to achieve Huga. Um, so this episode is kind of a 180 of that. It's We're going to talk about the negative things. We're going to talk about the things that maybe you don't like to think about or maybe you push away and we're going to talk about how happiness and um, how positivity can actually sometimes be bad. So jumping right into it, I wanted to chat about how to stop comparing yourself to past versions of yourself. So obviously I am not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist. When I give you guys tips on how to stop comparing yourself, you can be like, okay, this is a 20-year-old college student girl she doesn't know anything, totally fine. I just, I want to chat about it because I feel like this is something that often goes unnoticed. So comparison is a really, it's a really weird thing. And everyone does it. Everyone compares aspects of their life or aspects of their personality or their body or their friend group or whatever it is to other people. That's known. We have social media. I've done an entire episode on anxiety caused by social media and the consequences of growing up in the I generation. We know that comparison exists. I want to talk about a different kind of comparison. I'm going to get really real with you guys. I, over quarantine, started comparing myself to everything, but the biggest thing that I compared myself to was me. I would look at my Instagram pictures from a year ago and I would be like, I was so much more social. I had so many more friends. I had a boyfriend. I had a social life. I was fit. I seemed to have my life together. I was stable. Look how happy I looked in that picture. I got into this trap of comparing myself to the old version of myself. And I would say, wow, the thing that I told people all the time, actually, I'm interrupting myself. I'm going to do that all this entire episode. It's so weird doing solo episodes. But the thing that I told people all the time, I even said this in a job interview a couple weeks ago, and this is really, really dawned on me was I was the happiest I've ever been my junior year of high school. I tell that to people all the time. I say, I was happy because I had a lot going on. I was on a varsity sports team. 
I was working a job. I was involved in a bunch of different clubs. I was president of a couple clubs. I had a really solid friend group. Like if you look at my prom pictures that year, it looks like I have so many friends. I had a boyfriend. I, I on the outside looked so happy and because that is what I portrayed to other people and that's what is documented in pictures and through social media. That's what I remember. What I don't remember about that time in my life was that I was really struggling with food. I was not wanting to eat because I was comparing myself to other girls and other people on my lacrosse team at the time. I wasn't telling myself that I had a really weird relationship with my parents because I wasn't in the best relationship romantically. That I was really, I had a really strange relationship with my parents. I didn't tell myself that I wasn't going to my little brother's hockey games because I was too busy being caught up in the social aspects of high school and that I neglected to have a relationship with one of the most important people in my life. None of that is documented. None of that is anywhere on social media. And so when I compare myself, it's almost like the hindsight bias type thing. I look back on that point in my life and I say, I was happy. That's what happy was. That's when I peaked. I peaked junior year of high school. I didn't. And that's the thing. This is the toxic part of comparison is that you're only seeing one side of it. So when you're looking at social media posts or when you're looking at how other people look in class or at a party or whatever it may be, you're only seeing one side of it. The hardest thing about self-comparison is that you see both sides of it, but you choose to ignore the side that doesn't match the image that you want to put in your brain. You want to think, wow, I was the best version of me junior year of high school. And the reason for that is because you want to have something to work up to. So if you say, wow, I was really fit. I need to be that fit again. It's motivation, right? Like you will be like, wow, what was I doing during that time? I was eating this, this, and this, and I was working out a couple times a day and whatever it's you use it as motivation it can be so disheartening and so toxic that it kind of sends you into a downward spiral and you don't really know where to go from there so kind of moving a different direction from that there's also the problem of dwelling on past mistakes so on one side of it you can say Wow, I, my life was so perfect. I had my shit together. Like, I was doing so well. But you can also say, I was a really terrible version of myself. For example, say freshman year. And say, I messed everything up. I did this wrong. People view me differently because of things that I did during that time frame. I was a terrible person. Everyone views me differently. Like, you can dwell on past mistakes to the point where it's almost as toxic, if not more toxic, than comparing yourself to the best version of yourself. So the point of this podcast that I wanted to talk about was how to find that middle ground. How can you look at your past self, for me, junior year of high school, and recognize, wow, I really was doing well in certain aspects of my life, but I also wasn't doing well in certain aspects of my life. And how can you use that to grow? So personally, when I was a junior in high school, like I said, I'm going to focus on something very specific. I was in a long-term relationship, and that seemed all great, fine, and dandy on the outside, but I had a very strained relationship 
um, with some of my family members because of it. Now moving forward, I can look at that and say, okay, these are parts of the relationship that really worked, that really helped build me and mold me into the person that I am today. And these were parts of the relationship that really didn't work and they were very toxic aspects of the relationship. And this is how I can grow from here on out. So in my next relationship, I won't do these same things again. And again, I know that this is a very like personal example and may not be applicable to you. This can be applied to every aspect of your life. If you were to say, okay, I was an all-star on my school's football team or on my school's lacrosse team senior year of high school and I really peaked and I had all the scouts looking at me and everyone wanted to be my friend and whatever, but my grades sucked. Okay, so now you know that sports were really important to you, that being active was really important to you. Maybe it was the team aspect. Maybe it was the community aspect of it. And instead of dwelling on, wow, I got an F in Spanish senior year of high school and I didn't get into the college that I wanted to get into, say, okay, next time I have a test, maybe I'm going to study a little bit harder and not worry about as much, like worry about the game that's coming up as much. You can really, bad example, but like you can really apply this to literally anything. And if you compare yourself to the past version of yourself, you're just going to end up in a downward spiral of thinking that you're never going to be good enough. But also if you compare yourself to the past version of yourself in a negative way and say, wow, that person was a really terrible person or I made a lot of mistakes, it's going to be the same thing. Your hardest critic in life is going to be yourself. So if you get into that hole of, I really could have done better. I shouldn't have done that. The moral hangover, guys, it's an awful thing. I will say like I've had a couple of them in my lifetime and it doesn't matter if you were drinking or if you were sober or if you were hanging out like it really doesn't. Everyone has moral hangovers. It's a real thing. Instead of dwelling on it, you just need to keep propelling forward and say, "Okay, what did I learn from this? And that is so much easier said than done. I really understand that. So for this portion of the podcast, I really have two tips and you're going to hear them and you're going to be like, seriously, Maddie, like that is so simple. Like, how can you sit on your high horse? And guys, I'm still working on this. But the first one is make your mindset the present. So yes, it's easy to compare yourself to a past version of yourself and idolize yourself. It's easy to look back on past mistakes or think about that moral hangover and really dwell on it. That's not going to happen if you're not in the past. And that sounds so simple. It seems like such a simple solution to such a complex problem. But if you are living in the present, you're not going to have time to go back and compare and idolize or dwell. You're just not. The other thing is to edit your thoughts. You need to be able to look at the past version of yourself and see the whole version of it. So if if your mind wanders, if you cannot live in the present, because I know that it is so hard to do, and you find yourself ruminating or dwelling, think about yourself holistically. So instead of saying, in my case, I was the happiest I've ever been junior year of high school, or instead of saying, I was the most disconnected I've ever been junior year of high school, and ruminating on either of those aspects, sit back and think, okay, I was really disconnected. Why was I disconnected? And I was really happy. What made me happy? You can't 
look at one side of anything because you're just going to end up in this hindsight bias of, oh, I could have done better. I should have known to do better. And honestly, like, it's so easy to do. It's human nature to look at something and be like, ah, like, honestly, I should have done this instead. Like, why didn't I do it? You can't control that. You can't control your thoughts. You can't control your actions from a minute ago, a month ago, a year ago. You can't do that. And so all you can do is, okay, now I know what I know, and this is where I can go from here. So I have this quote that I saw, and it says, reflection leans closer to self-acceptance rather than self-criticism. And I think that's very true. Like I said, you're always going to be your hardest critic. You always are. And reflection and looking back on life and looking back on mistakes and looking back on the positives of life is going to lean a lot closer to self-acceptance than it is to criticism. But, because there's always a but, (laughs) um, actually, funny little thing, my dad always says, um, whenever you say but, everything that you said before, it doesn't count anymore. So I hope that's not the case for this podcast, because everything I said before this, I feel like is still kind of valid. But um, (laughs) the big but of this is that self-acceptance has become so normalized And has become so pressurizing in and of itself that it can be bad. It can be negative. It can be toxic, honestly. And that is where toxic positivity comes into play. So before I get into what toxic positivity is, I wanted to read a section of a book um, by one of my favorite people, who I've been following. I've been following her on YouTube since I was like nine years old. She actually has a podcast. Um, Her name is Megan Ranks. I'm sure if you guys are listening to my podcast, you probably at least heard of her. Um, But she wrote a book called You're Not Special. And when she came out with this book, I was like, okay, I'm going to read it because one, the title is really enticing, but also like I want to know what this girl has to say. I want to know why she thinks I'm not special. And that's kind of where I got the idea for this podcast of you're not the same you as you used to be and here's why um, was because I wanted to talk about some of the things that I learned. So anyways, what she said in her book is don't expect to love yourself in your life 100% of the time or even 75% of the time. I think some days you're going to feel your look more than others. Some days you'll look in the mirror and wish you saw someone else staring back at you. It doesn't make you a superficial person. Instead of pounding the concept over everyone's head that they should be so jazzed about their insecurities. How about we start treating our flaws more like high-maintenance poodles that sometimes need a bit more attention? You don't need to find your blackheads beautiful. Negative thoughts are a part of life. They're temporary, and they're not crimping. Instructing someone to not just love but, or not just accept, but love their flaws is daunting. You don't need to love them. You just need to live with them. And I I really like that because I feel like this message of self-acceptance, of self-love, of body positivity, of all of this is circulating the internet. And it honestly makes people feel worse when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't like that about me. Or you have that moral hangover and you say, why did I do that? And then you see a post on Instagram that's like, self-love is so important or you need to love every aspect of yourself. And you look at yourself and you say, 
I don't love that aspect of me. Like, I that's not fun. How come all of these girls love that aspect? How do, how do these girls love their pimples? How do these girls love their back fat? How do these girls love their quote-unquote too big of a personality? Or how do these... Like, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And self-acceptance and self-love are two completely different things. And that's what I think... Megan is getting to in this book and that's why I I've read the book a couple times now but that is one passage that really just stood out to me because you don't have to love yourself you don't have to say oh my gosh I'm so much better than this person like whatever you don't have to love yourself in that regard you just have to accept yourself and you have to give yourself grace you have to look back on past versions of yourself and give yourself grace you have to give your present self grace and loving yourself seems very daunting and that's kind of where I wanted to talk about toxic positivity so actually um, one of my friends from freshman year of college posted this on her story the other day and it was an Instagram post and it wasn't until she posted this on her story that I really thought that I do this all the time and I think that it's because I've programmed my brain to be positive I've always said I want to be positive like in every aspect of life people it's psychologically proven that if you're optimistic and if you're positive people like you more if you go on a date and you're really optimistic that guy's gonna like you a little bit more if you're going to a party and you're socializing with someone and you're a little optimistic you're a little positive chances are you're gonna be friends with that person it's just how the human brain is wired and I never thought about it being a negative thing so from the Instagram post it says Toxic positivity is the idea that we should focus only on positive emotions and the positive aspects of life. It's the belief that if we ignore difficult emotions and the parts of our life that aren't working as well, we'll be much happier. The problem is toxic positivity oversimplifies the human brain and how we process emotions, and it actually can be detrimental to our mental health. There can be long-term effects of toxic positivity, including encouraging a person to remain silent about their struggles, Feeling connected to and heard by others is one of the most powerful antidotes to depression and anxiety, while isolation fuels these emotional issues. Often, trying to hide or deny feelings can lead to more stress on the body and increased difficulty in avoiding upsetting emotions. And then it says, Unblinking optimism and shutting the door on negative feelings doesn't make them go away. And... If anything, it exaggerates them. So what toxic positivity can look like is if a friend comes to you and says, I'm worried about my future, and they say to you, worrying won't fix anything. You need to think positively. Put good vibes out into the universe and good vibes will come. Or it's just so exhausting to live in a world where people hate me just for existing. And then a friend says, but most people are good and you need to focus on those people. And just remember that they're more good than bad. Or someone who is struggling with an illness and they say, I'm just going to be sick for the rest of my life. And the post says, but they could find a cure tomorrow. Don't think so negatively. You need to stay hopeful. Hope, hope is the best medicine. And then the post says, you may think you're being encouraging, but you're just shutting down a meaningful conversation about someone's pain and showing them you don't care enough to listen. That really hit home for me. So I could do a completely different episode about toxic positivity with other people. I'm talking about right now toxic positivity with yourself. You should be allowed to feel your feelings. You shouldn't have a crappy day and come home and be like, wow, but my life's so good. And like, 
I, I have a great life. I have this, this, and this. And I'm so guilty of this. If you ask my best friend, I go over to her apartment all the time and I'll say, why do I feel this way? Like, I have such a great network of friends. I live in such a cool city. I have everything I ever wanted. And I still had a bad day today. And she always says to me, Maddie, you're allowed to feel your feelings. Everyone's feelings are valid. It doesn't matter if you're having a bad day because you spilled coffee, if you're having a bad day because you lost someone in your life or because like it it can be so extreme or so minimal, your feelings are valid. And so allowing yourself to say, okay, I am having a bad day and not bouncing back and having that inner dialogue with yourself of, oh, but you shouldn't and you have to stay hopeful and you have to stay positive and blah, blah, blah. It's so important. And that, I think, comes full circle to comparing yourself to past versions of yourself. Instead of looking back and saying, wow, why was I not like that? Like, I wish I could be like that, not like whatever. Allow yourself to feel those feelings. Allow yourself to be like, wow, I really aspire to be like this person who I used to be. But also be realistic. And you're allowed to have negative thoughts. You're allowed to have negative emotions. And at the end of the day, it's not going to hurt anyone because happiness is not suited for every situation. So an article that I read from The Greater Good says, our emotions help us adapt to new circumstances, challenges, and opportunities. Anger mobilizes us to overcome obstacles. Fear alerts us to threats and engages our fight or flight preparation system. Sadness signals loss. The same goes for happiness. It helps us to pursue and attain important goals and helps us to encourage cooperation with others. But we don't want to feel angry and sad in every context, right? We also should not want to experience happiness in every context. A psychologist, um, Charles Garver is his name, argues that positive emotions like happiness signal us to our goals being fulfilled, which enables us to slow down, mentally coast, and kind of take a step back. And that's why happiness can actually hurt us in competition. And in a laboratory study done by them, they found that individuals who experience happiness in inappropriate contexts, and they gave the example of watching a film of a young child crying, actually puts um, that person at a greater risk for developing an emotional disorder. So if you force yourself to be happy when everything around you is falling apart, if you force yourself to be happy when you're really not having a good day, if you force yourself to try to find happiness in everything in life, you're actually going to end up chasing happiness forever. You're never going to be completely fulfilled and completely satisfied with where you are. And that's why this episode was a little different. I know that it probably was like, okay, whoa, Maddie, you like just dropped a whole lot on us. Thanks. Like, I know I shared a lot of stuff. I know that this got a little bit different than what we usually do. Um, But I wanted to discuss it because I feel like this platform in particular my whole purpose of it was to help people and it was to help people pursue everyday happiness and until recently i never realized that maybe pursuing everyday happiness or at least pursuing happiness in everything every day could be a bad thing and so i wanted to acknowledge that i wanted to let you guys know like i'm victim to it too just because i sit here and i say here's huga and this is how you pursue everyday happiness and this is how you 
make the perfect night routine or this is how you decorate your home to be very hoogly or this is how you combat breaking up with someone or this is how you make new relationships. I can sit here all day and tell you guys that it's not real life. Most of the time I can sit here and I can give you tips and I can share insights of things that I learned in my life. But everyone's human and everyone is going to have bad days and everyone's going to compare themselves, whether that is to someone else or to the past version of yourself. Everyone's going to ruminate and everyone is going to try to be positive in situations where maybe they should just let the negativity take over. And that sounds so weird, but I wanted to sit here and say, I get it. And I wanted to share with you guys that it's normal and it's okay and Nothing is ever going to be perfect. And I think it's so easy for people to sit behind a microphone on a podcast or sit behind a camera in a YouTube video or even write a book and say, this is how you achieve success. This is how you achieve happiness. And at the end of the day, it's going to come from within. And that sounds so cheesy and so cliche, but you have to fully understand every version of yourself to eventually be happy and you have to allow yourself to feel those negative emotions. I once had someone tell me that when you have negative emotions and you lock them up in a box, they don't go anywhere. You can't you can't like shut them away and say, "Okay, I'm never going to discuss that again." They're going to build up and they're going to erupt one day. And so subconsciously, if you don't face things straight on and head on, then they're going to continue to build up. So with happiness and with toxic positivity and all of it, I hope that each day you are not the same you as you were the day before. I hope that each day you can look back and you can say, this is something I learned from today that was really good and this is something that I learned from today that maybe I can learn from in the future and do it a little bit differently. I said this in, I believe it was like, episode six like very very early on on the Hugo Girls podcast but you are not meant to stay the same every single day you're not that's not what change is and I'm actually going to go back um and find this quote that I said in episode six just because I think it's really awesome I said it October 15th of 2019 and it says people who are comfortable with remaining stagnant will always say you've changed the cycle of life is supposed to include growth and transformation. Don't allow those who are stuck in a bud make you feel less for blooming. So with that being said, I hope each and every one of you is able to bloom. I hope each and every one of you is able to look back on yourself and say that was a really cool thing or that was really not a great thing. But regardless, I hope that you are not the same person as you were 20 minutes ago, as you were an hour ago. But I hope that in a positive way. So I think that's kind of it for this week's episode. I know that it is a little different, um, but I wanted to discuss the unhoogly side of the pursuit of everyday happiness and let you guys know that it's very much a part of happiness. And I'm going to end the podcast with a very, very cliche quote, but you can't appreciate a rainbow unless you see the rain. And Unless you go through the bad, you're not going to see the good. So unless you recognize the unhappy negative times, you're never going to achieve full happiness. So with that being said, um, I hope everyone is staying happy and healthy. And I will see you guys in a couple weeks. We will be back, um, Emma and I, and we're trying to coordinate some special guests. Um, So stay tuned. Bye, guys. (laughs)